grain of rice. A, a, a grain of rice is what you tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi folks, how are you all doing out there? You're very welcome along to the first edition of the Irish Examiner Hurling Show um, in 2022 and a very, very happy new year to all our listeners. We were to have a Christmas special, but Mark was having his booster and we felt at his age and his condition, TJ, that was important to get the booster that day, wasn't it? Very important. And unfortunately, myself and Mark always still got the old COVID over Christmas afterwards. So I didn't get boosters. Mark did get boosters. So it didn't really make a difference at the end of the day. I'm blaming, I'm blaming TJ. Hold on now, go on. What? I'm blaming TJ. Like I happen to be in his company in fairness, I'd have to say, and very good company it was now. Um, I was an invited guest at the Limerick race there on the 28th of December on behalf of Cube. And, and we also had uh, TJ's brother Davey, who were sponsoring a race called D- and Deepak for the yeah. company of So TJ, thanks very much for inviting me. I didn't almost give me the COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, most people at the races were fine afterwards and stuff, but myself and Marco went down. So we're not yeah. sure exactly of the source they love, but. One of us gave it to the other. Well, I was to I was to join ye myself and my current <laughs> wife, Eilish, uh, were to join ye, and um, we couldn't get enough staff to work in the place, even though we're closed at eight o'clock, and the boys in blue are usually in at half eight, so we're home early. But uh, um, no, uh, we were to join you, but we couldn't get enough staff to cover us to, for the two of us to be gone. Yeah. So we said we better let you off, and I wound up closed anyway the 29th for eight days here in Murtis. Two of the girls got it. So, and that's the household rule thing, you know, even though we were all doing antigens every day of the week, the rest of us were okay, but we had to sit out the time. Uh, well, one of the girls got it, and then the other one was positive four days later. Uh, so you had that meant we, we didn't reopen until last Friday night, which was torture in loads of ways, missing New Year's. Yes. We haven't too many hours anyway without missing New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And the Sunday was the second. It's coming a good time for you, Dale. You needed a break, for God's yeah, sake, yeah. to count all that money you're after making over the last 12 months. For Christ's sake, you had to clean out the safe at some stage. You, know? you, you won't make much money close at 8 o'clock. And the tips you were sending from Limerick on the 28th will be on the money as well. Well, the worst thing about it on the day, um, Dale, the first winner in Leperstown on the day that we got together was a horse called Howie Bud. And the fellow who owns Howie Bud is mm. called Charlie Carter. The great Charlie saw, from Kilkenny, 25 to 1. I often saw his arse going away from me, TJ. <laughs> he was some kind of forward, that chap. He was a serious yoke. Sound man. He was into breeding. He was even into breeding, breeding greyhounds back the last time I met him. We were chit-chatting about breeding and the greyhound side of things. And Charlie, yeah. uh, a dose of a guy. Me, lovely, lovely. Oh, yeah. Top class right. now. And, and, you know. and the history, the, the background to that horse, um, Dale, is it had ran into bumps and finished second and they went back then to run in a pint to pint and finished second um the horse that beat it in the pint to pint was sold for two hundred ninety thousand euros and ran in christmas and finished second to redemption day the favorite now for the champion bumper or something one of the top favorites in the champion bumper at the moment so charlie's horse actually had been to the doncaster sales and he was offered sixty thousand, but he refused to take it so 
He's very hopeful now that after the result in Leopardstown that he'll be getting a few more quid for him. So you'll be up I'd, there with yourself, uh, Mark. Charlie will. I don't know. I've only tracked behind him now, Dale. But we we actually did see the race in uh, Limerick, and um, we were a bit disappointed. We didn't have a few quid each way. Either my buddy Donny Tracy had a fiver each way during running because he was sitting beside me. So cute enough, Donny. He said, "I I he had the account. Like I don't have any account, but he." He had a five reach rate, 25 during the race. Cute war. They paid for it. Says, Mac, you, you have nothing like you're on the betting account. And you, <laughs> nothing. I'm just a poor old fool for me, Scott. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no fear of advice. Anyway, I put up your um, Christmas special bet on Twitter anyway. Uh, you came up with the goods last year, obviously. What was that last year? Mad price. Uh, French seal. And got Fantasy, sold yeah. for 450,000 baht by William Mullins out so of Holdens. Okay, okay, okay. He won, but uh, in, in the world, right? <laughs> but this year, then, you, you, you said a double in this horse in uh, Leperstown and then to go on and win the supreme novices hurdle, which is turning out now to be like the champion hurdle, actually. The way it's, going. it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, what's the name yeah. of the horse again, Mac? Statement. Statement. No. How, far would, how far would he have won by if he stayed up? Uh, he wouldn't have been able to pull him up after they passed. He actually toppled over the second last and hadn't even come out of first gear. Oh. Unfortunately, broke his nose. Broke his nose, that's right. During the course of the fall. And I don't know when he run the Supreme, but he definitely would have collected a Leperstone. We were on a 40 to 1. We had a smart little bit of a wager to try and get the Christmas expenses. But unfortunately, it went west. Pity I didn't, you... I didn't think about how we are bud, because I had a small oh. bit of information about him as well. You, so, you, play, you played against Offaly in 99 with a broken nose, like. <laughs> broken nose well, is Shani, out, like. Shani Leary got rest he saw it as well documented. He played in all Ireland final with a broken nose and Ring said to him in the dressing room, he says, Shani, you don't play hurling with your nose. Come on, let's go. And that was it. <laughs> oh, he went. I said, I'd say if Ringy told you, you 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 don't play hurling with your wrist, out you go. <laughs> I showed Dara Dara Flynn for Belly Gibbon yesterday. Played with a broken leg. He, he his shin bone is cracked. He didn't start yesterday, but he came on at half time and had a major influence in the game in the second half. So should they should they be chucked out, uh, Mark? Like they played a professional player. I'm sure. I suppose he's only an amateur. He's still an amateur uh, hurler, isn't he? You know, it's, he's, it's, in a, it's, he's in a different court in a different country, like you know. I mean, uh, more, he had been did that for years with the PSG. They used to go- fly him back, yeah. um, for the county semi finals, the county finals. Oh, sure, right back, to, right back to Kevin Moore with Manchester United way back in the day. And Tommy Doherty, I think he came back injured after the 77 final. I think, and Tommy said. That's the last time you're going over there, but he said, you know, so <laughs> and I, I remember, like, I used to often think Listowa limits. You know, the North Kerry Championship is famous. Obviously, it's probably played around Stephen's Day or maybe Christmas Eve even at times. And Ty Kennelly, they'd have that month off, I think, the Australian rules, and Ty would land back to play in the North Kerry final with Listowa. Like, just fair throwing at the same time, in fairness to the to Shkihina Rinka lads, like uh, Mark Keane being there or not there is probably a bit of a, an influence. Or, yeah, big one, yeah. Uh, actually, Dale, I, I met somebody on the way home. Like, my sister actually lives in Belly Gimlin, believe it or not, for the players um, underage hurling with them. But... Like it was a unique uh, pairing, right? Because literally, mm. it's a stream that separates Belly Giblin and Skihina Rinka, right? They're in two different counties, and li- literally, they would all know each other exceptionally well. 
just a really, really small townsland where both of them kind of hang out together. And for the two of them to end up in a Munster final, it just created huge razzmatazz locally and big win for Belly Giblin that. They all went to school in Mitchellstown together, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, 100%. All, yeah, all the, all the players from Belly Giblin went to Mitchellstown CBS and 18 of the panel of Shkina Rinky went to Midlands, or sorry, um, Mitchellstown CBS. But um, honourable mention for Joe Sullivan. He was a guy I had involved in the development squads. He actually captained the Cork under 17s when they won the Munster Championship back when the development squads were going there, Eugene Carey Trophy in, in Mallow. And Joe was on the freeze. He took over from uh, Dara Flynn yesterday. He scored seven frees and 165 with a big influence in the game. And uh, Sean O'Sullivan uh, got two goals yesterday, which were massive. In the his nickname is Shawnee Goals, so he's he's a Ooh. prolific goal scorer. And obviously, then Ronan Dewan, a guy that we would have mentioned on a number of occasions, highly involved with the county board, was coaching the team. And a guy, Davey Moore, who played against uh, Immaculee in 96. Uh, Avon Do beat Immaculee in the county senior final in 96 after a replay. Davey Moore was corner forward uh, on that Avon Do team, but he managed the Bally Giblin team. And one of those uh, blast back to 96, Dermot Lynch, who was corner back on that Avon Do team, was now 47 or 48 years of age. Is still tugging out for Belly Gibbon. He was just soaked yesterday. So I tell you this much. There's no doubt. There's no doubt there, am I? Get on. You want to clean down those boots, kid, and get on the shorts. We'll go for a run. We'll have one more garden. Mark, I'm fit enough anyway. I could tell you that for sure. But um, I don't know. The touch might be, mightn't be as good. But uh, no, I believe four or 5,000 people at the match as well. Monster Junior yes. final. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Ma- match had to be put back a quarter of an hour because of traffic. Yeah. It's always a great time for, for teams playing when you Jeez. hear there's an announcement coming out over the antenna. The game has been put back 15 minutes because of crowd no, congestion. I can't, I can't be talking out the two sides of my mouth. I give out about the Clare County final having to go back 15 minutes and you preparing <laughs> a team to go to have three. Like, and the next thing you're told, 15 more minutes to kill there, lads. But is, is, isn't, it, isn't it just un, except unique? That two clubs so close together, right, in different counties, end up in a Munster final, and that's the beauty of, I suppose, the Munster club, which is started. Was it was it Sean Kelly started that? He said for the juniors and intermediates, which is a great opportunity. And yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about the Kerry situation in a while between Miley and them. Like, but yeah, unbelievable. Sure will. So yeah, sure. So uh, I, I met a couple of them last night on the way home. Uh, it's very funny because you mentioned Fionn Hurley, the captain of the Belly Giblin team. Said there in the interview afterwards, he said, like, it was, it was pure cork and tip. He said, it was great to be a tip. You know, talking yeah, about yeah. the clubs at all. It was cork <laughs> tip, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the, remember the old crack with the over 40s? You know, remember the over 40s when it was being played? And the Masters now, they call it. They're still going, I yeah. think, in the country. But it was a big thing in Clare there for about four years. They got a fit. I think a couple of lads got heart attacks in just to get, get rid of it. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, I, I'll name the club one because they're a great old club, Bradford. And they won the first one. I think they beat Ina or someone in the first final. But the, the Bradford captain, who was about 47, got the cup and he, he waved it out of the crowd. And then he said, This is a great day for Clare Hurling, lads. You <laughs> 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 think about it like. <laughs> I'm open to correction now, all, all Bradford um, people out there. Um, I think it was Bradford, anyway, but uh, it's a classic. <laughs> Anyway, lads, um, 
I couldn't go down. You were below the two E. TJ got free corporate tickets again, Mark, and you got the text to say I have a free ticket, Marco. Where let me meet you. You're doing well, old TJ, at the moment. Between racing at Christmas, getting COVID, and then free ticket for the Munster Club. That's connect connections, isn't it, Mark? We're, we're well connected. Oh well, yeah. I think you're well connected, old TJ. To be fair, like I don't know about me, like, but anyway, it compliments of AIB. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I even account yeah. with them. <laughs> Any AIB people listening there, I could do with a few free tickets for some gig there or something like that. You know? And we happened to get a sight of the All Ireland winning manager, and um, a couple of his sidekicks were there as well. Like we were at TJ and Fairness, he knew exactly where to go. He was keeping an eye on him. So, and we Mr. had John Spike Kiley. as well. Spike's a kid, man. So he'd have to be there. Yeah, Spice yeah. Man, yeah. And I was going to say there before we move on to the match, even like we would like to travel to Tortoise to see St. Thomas's and Belly Hale in uh, two weeks' time. So like to go if, if anybody out there would like our company or like to bring us Marco or whatever it is. Or drink I might go to Dublin to see Schlockmeal. Oh, it's Parnell, okay. Uh, yeah, I tell you, yeah. because that's in a fairly... People are talking about a Belly Hale, um, Belly Hale final already, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Anything could happen. Anything could happen now. That, that Northern teams, Northern teams in Parnell and Schlockmeal now, lads. Schlock Neil have beaten the best in Antrim and the best in Down, you know, and it isn't okay. their first time they earned to give bags of it to Belly Hale. Was it two years ago? Do you know? Yeah. So. It is. It is. Okay. Well, well, a shout out to AIB to say that myself and Marco are available to travel to Torres on Sunday week for the semi final between St. Thomas's and Belly Hale. All right, Mark? Okay. Very well. Well, AIB there. Roshan Glenn yeah, organized yeah. the tickets there for the lads. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be on the final morning, no matter where we are. Um, lads. Fierce anticipation. I was here in the bar and the old streaming wouldn't work for some reason um, for Kilmoyley and Corsi, which so we the volume up to the last. Now, with due respect to Pierce's and the Mayo champions, what's the name of the Mayo champions? Knockmore. Knockmore, sorry, they've not learned Club One now, I should know them. But the, even here in West Clare, the volume was down and Radio Kerry was booming. And Michael Holland and your old buddy TJ Mark Foley, who has good knowledge of the, of the game and Kerry, uh, yes. give us unbelievable. Kimoy were dead and very last down four points twice, and, and Corsi's looked like they had it. And oh, to come the courage they showed to come back, and I, I didn't, I didn't, I thought they'd never lose it an extra time. But of course, that had its twists and turns as well. But um, then, then I went up home to watch the the big one. But and we'll stick <clears> with the big one. It was a disappointing day out, I suppose, in terms of what we all expected. But you have to give it up to Belly Gunner lads. They're 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 a serious club team, like aren't they? And I said it. Look, I said it in my piece this morning. All this talk. They've won three monster clubs now, so they've only won two previous. Um, all this talk that they were kind of under underachievers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not so sure that was a major motivation for them, beaten by Boris Lee two years ago down the road in Parky Ring. Not so sure that was major. I think the fallout from the Lockmore match, and we gave it as good as any podcast here, that we weren't impressed with some of the antics maybe on the day, but they used that. There was quietness from them. They just were focused, weren't they? And uh, for some other reason, then Kim Ellock didn't show up, which can be very difficult after Christmas, of course, and it's very hard to put your finger on things, but mm. it was an awesome display, really. I mean, the goal on the point came late um, for Kim Ellock, and it was going to be an awful beating other than other than the late couple of scores and it's probably still a fair beating but they, they they are an awesomely balanced club team yeah 
well drilled, I'd say, Dale. I know. Um, I have to like. I was just thinking about it a while ago. Like, what could you do to describe him? Professional, uh, driven, uh, did everything correct. Sprinted off the field at half time. Uh, your touch was unbelievable, TJ. We remarked actually in the first half. The cornerback hit a, a hit a ball out of his hand, fifty yards straight into a fella's hand under pressure. Their hurling was excellent. Uh, their execution, their decision making, never panicked. It was without question probably the most flawless display I've seen from a club team. Um, I think like we would have given Kilmallock a good shout out after the drubbing they gave Middleton and. Don't be asking me where does that call it now. Um, I don't know what the answer to that is, except that I would say the preparation going into the Middleton Kilmallock game wasn't good for Middleton. And I don't know, I, I don't have an insight back into the Kilmallock setup, but certainly they never, barring the first three or four minutes of the game, they never fired after that. And there was one probably controversial moment in the game where Saki brought the ball back from behind. I said, from where we were on it, it looked like it was definitely behind the post. It was overturned. Uh, Bell, he gonna got a free below. And then from the next attack, they got the goal. So certainly there was a two-point pun around. And then there was a goal. And then Hulhan got injured after that. Um, mm. No, but they were was, was still never going to raise a gallop to me. Oshin... Um, Oshin O'Reilly drifted out of the game. He started brightly, but it really was. Well, Graham, Graham did too, didn't he? Graham was okay. no and, and you know what was disappointing? Was Alan Castle in the middle of the field? Was disappointing. And sorry, I, like when does a tsunami come in against you? This happened to Cork in the All Ireland final. Good players, some, some of them will stand up to it. And I thought Robbie Hanley, for me, in the middle of the field, carried the fight to Belly Gunner. Uh, nearly single-handedly, um, would mark like they were beaten in the field. They were beat. They were beaten in the field. On if you told me going down that Costello and Robbie Henley would play Henley. second fiddle to Sheehan and and, and Paddy Levy, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't give you know. But I thought that was a win for Camilla. But Belly Gunner won the midfield. Yeah, you you men, TJ wasn't your man unbelievable. Connor Sheehan, he was so lively in the middle of the field. Jesus, he. He was like a ballerina yesterday. His feet, and but like obviously Peter Hogan was the one other fellow that we picked out. The amount of ground that he covered and travelled yesterday. But coming back to it, I know we're talking about individuals, but as a whole, the one thing that took away from the game yesterday was how professional, how drill belly gunner are, and you could watch them from the stand. You know exactly. Those players know exactly what they were expected, what the game plan was, and they carried it out to the letter of the law as far as from what I could see yesterday. Yeah, and look, um, it was interesting watching. You wouldn't have seen it now, but Park Mahoney got his man in the match award and he said every Wednesday night they studied the opposition. No, for me, Park was brilliant yesterday, but Desi was the man in the match again. Like, oh, uh, yeah, our, Park got it. I don't our, know Billy O'Keefe, yeah, we, we had Billy O'Keefe's fan club behind us, Mark, we? Oh, no, we had the Billy O'Keefe fan club. Dizzy won five from play, like Parik two from play, and a brilliant freeze, and you, that's the one thing, Kimalik were a bit over-robust maybe early, and they gave him chances to get Belly Gunner up and running, you know, nails in the coffin with the freeze, but, ah, jeez, Dizzy Hutchinson was just unmarkable again yesterday, and, yeah, but like TJ, you could talk about, and Mark makes a great point of how professional they looked, and I said it in, again this morning, I don't want to be re repeating the article, but I said like how they trained on Stephen's Day, Kim I met Tony with Gerald Van before Christmas. 
could see the twinkle in the eye, you know, the Considine twinkle now, TJ. Um, they were ready. They trained Stevens Day. They went hiking on the 27th. I don't think any of the players went to the receptions of the two weddings, bar your family. Like, it's fairly professional, like, isn't it? Um, it was. And, and it, even fairness, dog days just come out of nowhere at times, did you, don't they? They do. And in fairness, I, I would have said that Kamalak would have incrementally improved nicely from county semi-final to have been good county champions in Limerick where it wasn't easy. And, and you'd have to say, whereas Middleton didn't turn up, where Kamalak were impressive the last day. And you would have said that this was set up for Kamala to have a right good go at Belly Gunner. And it seemed that way early doors. Myself and Marco heard one of the physical hits down really close to us, like it was a, it was a fair body blow. And Kamala looked up for the battle and they got a couple of early scores and got themselves settled. But um, I will say, as the same as Mark, I was extremely impressed by Belly Gunner's setup, by their formation. Uh, their reset every time myself and Mark commented on it a couple of times they knew exactly what they were doing their out ball they had one or two players available every single time they took the right options on loads of occasions their runners inside were incredible um, their formation and setup isn't too dissimilar to the way Limerick play it, it does, there, there are some similarities you could draw I know there is a connection with, with Shawnee and the stats but to what Marco said there in terms of studying opposition in terms of what they want to do themselves their running, their energy, their puck out strategy. There was an awful lot to be impressed by Belly Gunner. And in Desi, they definitely have one of the top players. Like his footwork for one or two of the scores, his first touch, his pace. And like all around the field, now, uh, their body language was just really on the money. Like, no one's saying Brilliant. that. Like they've been in the last, this is four months of finals in a row for them. Like the two last and the two won. And like after the match, you could hear, you could nearly feel the hurt after the match for the Boris Lee match uh, two years ago, the effect that had that had, had on them. But extremely professional, really good the way they set up Philip O'Mahony and um, Shannon Sullivan running power in the half back line. All over the place now, they were winning the battles and their, their game plan and tactics seemed to be very much right. If I was going to be critical of Kimalak, <clears throat> In the first half, they, they tried to influence their game on Belly Gunner, where that middle third, which has been very good to them in the last number of games, where they were winning ball, and they pushed up, and they left their full back line to deal with their markers one-on-one, -on -one, which, Jesus, against these guys, that was mm. a big gamble now. And I, I, I think, like, no, hindsight's marvellous. We all know that. I definitely would have been. I thought they did it better in the second half with Paddy O'Loughlin at centre-back. Um, when, when, yeah. when they restructured, even though the second half didn't go great for them, but the horse kind of bolted at that stage. But like to go and ask somebody, like I promise you, would you fancy one on one in about 40, 50 yards of space with Desi Hutchinson in the current form? I think the blade would have to be lowered early, though, I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> there's about to be no cameras around the team cage, and Jesus is wet. It have would be a very difficult assignment, like, wouldn't it? <laughs> Can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? Go on, go on, Marco. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, Dana, what, like, we, we gave Kilmanic a good shout out having played in the Gaelic grounds against Middleton. But when I heard the fixture had been gone to Parky Cueve and we saw the game below in uh, Dungarvan as well, and the conditions were horrendous, right? And we questioned yeah, whether uh, Belly Gunner would be okay in the conditions and stuff like that, right? But by Jesus, when they got the surface yesterday, they made hay. I'm they, sure they got the surface in Ennis. They got the surface in Ennis against Bellier as well. Like. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. And there were two yeah. massive scores that they put up. Their whole team's <laughs> off the field with that style of running, that running game. 
and they're holding his quality now, but they are just they know how and their game plan and everybody doing their job right. It was just a really, really professional. But sorry, come back to the question. What influence do you think of the good surface does it have on this belly on this belly gunner team? We know if they get to the final crop half, the surface will be excellent. They're going to be dealing with Parnell Park now in the semi-final, and the conditions will be heavy enough for taking them Parnell, won't they? There won't be much grass anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> much grass. Sorry, John Costello, if you're listening now, but you would I have be, to say, you know uh, my feeling on that as well. Corky Keeve is some stadium. Like uh, the yeah. stand, the elevation, the ground yesterday. There was no wind there. Like I know it was a little bit of drizzle. Like, but in fairness, for the time of the year, and even myself, and Mark walking down upside the pitch afterwards, there was hardly a, a, a sod turned on the pitch. Like it was just incredible. And for the players in, 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 to be able to play in that environment this time of the year, it is a credit to Cork. In fairness to them. I know people have said they spent a lot of money there, but anybody who hasn't been in Parker Kiev, in fairness, it's as good a stadium as you'll see. I'd say nearly in Europe at this stage, no, it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. It's fantastic. They, you you go to a match every week, If you cheering, TJ, people should go. They should go. Should go. <laughs> I have to say, credit where credit is due, it's some spot. Landers has tickets for a cheer on lads as well. That's a, some kind of a fundraiser for Killa, I'm sure, or something like that. But uh, no, it is. It is I, 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 Disappointed with Tony Lean, Tony. If you listen to this later on, that you didn't put the three of us up Saturday night uh, down in Cork, and uh, we could have had a you know done a bit of planning for Grace and Club, etc. Got a few things in order. <laughs> but anyway, I tell him we'll get to win, Tony. We, we met another fellow there yesterday who wants to join the racing club. He wants to know what's the story. We'll have to get that. We'll have to do something with the racing club. There's there's a massive massive. Um, Interesting yeah. as I was contacted by a, a fellow Richie Cahill there from um, from Bright Rovers as well. He said there's 25 fellas on site here. He said, Mark, they're only busting to get the file sites. Yeah. Look, I was we, going we, to mention it at the end of the show, but uh, look, we might as well do it now. Look, we we, we promised the listeners that the, the three of us, uh, Rafe, who, who does the, the video and the sound and all for us, uh, maybe one or two more stakeholders that we think would be important yeah. to get. Now, we don't want to be. Yeah. We want to go and enjoy the crack as well. Like that's that's the point we were making earlier on before we came on here. We want to go off to the races, have the crack, meet the listeners, and watch the horse yeah. running and blame TJ yeah. if he doesn't win. But <laughs> yeah, so we we before we have, I presume our next pod will be two weeks' time. I don't think there's only Munster League next weekend, so I'd yeah. say it'll be the Monday after the 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 semi-finals now, uh, which should be two crackers with Thomas's and Belly Hale, and as you said. Schlock Neil coming to Parnell, licking their chops for Belly Gunner. Um, you know, and we'll have a pod that Monday, but we'll have met before that Monday, so we will put meat on the bone and get things moving. Because yeah. I, I was saying to you last night, Mark, I've had nothing but positive messages from people. Yeah, I agree. And I, I actually have there's three horses now who've been given three to us. We have a four-year-old filly, a three-year-old filly, and a three-year-old cold. And they don't cost, they're not going to cost us anything to buy them. There's a foal, all right. There's a half a foal available to be bought, and there's a mare to be covered if fellas want to do the long game as well. Like, but oh, we'll do that. We'll cover that. There's, there's, there's plenty of options. No it's doubt. a bit of crack. And what this is for is, is for fellas that listeners out there for, I don't know, 100 or 150 quid, a one off payment, and you're done for two years and you get access to. Owning a horse yourself. That's the reality, isn't it? Like and being able to go out to the races as an owner. So we'll have good yeah. fun. That's it. Only a bit That's of crack, it. Yeah. Exactly. TJ, I was just going to say to you, 
you, you mentioned it there, they got a lot of space in the full forward line. And look, it's hard to watch it now from the TV. Great coverage again, no TG Car. And I, I, I had uh, Radio Limerick on the background as well. It was uh, Mel, Mel Keevy, is it? Mel, yeah. Mel or Keevy? Mel Keevy, yeah. Keevy, yeah. And Leo. Um, and uh, Ferris got a bit of good because they were obviously there. And Leo was just saying that they were sitting in the three full forwards and breaking into the space then. The belly gunner and they couldn't get the boot. Come here to me. Desi's a special player now, Desi Hudson, and I'll give mention to Higgy again here. I got a text off Higgy about 10 minutes before the start. Desi to get the first goal, 5-1. to one. Don't say you weren't told, Higgy. Uh, just, he just sent me a picture of dollars when <laughs> <laughs> the goal went in. Jesus, he doesn't be too far wrong, I tell you. I'll give him that. I hope he's as good on the Clarecastle sideline this year beside me uh, as a selector <laughs> with these predictions. But, um, like... The one thing I'd say though is, could Kilmelock have learned a bit from Limerick? Like Limerick are the one county team that have managed to really stop Desi. Rory Hayes did a fair job for Clare on him now last year, one on one, and Rory Hayes is a special cornerback to me. But the Limerick system seems to close Desi now. No, no, I'm, I should mention Sean Finn as well, I suppose, <laughs> in, in that respect. What a what a cornerback! But he, he, you can't give him space like. And and they just seem to set up with too much space on the other end, defensive end for them. Did it? And I suppose here here is the intricacy. Even looking ahead to the intercounty scene down the road, I, what we're looking ahead at the moment now, we say with the limit system, unless it were Belly Gunner players yesterday, right? Is you have a half forward line of basically Peter Hogan yesterday, Mikey Mahoney, and Parik Mahoney, right? Parik Mahoney is sitting at number eleven. So if you're picking him up a centre back, right? So Parik Mahoney can hurt you from 70, 80, 90 yards as we well know. Beautiful striker at the ball. So if you're centre-back marking him, what do you do? So that's the first problem posed for any team, right? So yesterday we had a situation where Kieran O'Connor was trying to follow him as much as he could. The two half-backs were pushing up. Peter Hogan's running around the place was like, it was as, as Marco said already, that's George Bunny trying to follow him was literally impossible. And they were pulling that half-back line out right now then that was leaving loads of space inside but it's two tiered in there right one you have to have the movement inside which is incredible from desi and vice and two the ball in they worked the ball they took that extra pass on the middle third and then once they were kind of facing the goal they gave the great ball in they were given the 60 40 70 30 ball in every single time and it was hurting them kilmartin in the first half tried to react they did get Kieran O'Connor to sit in the pocket for a while, but again, now Parik Mahoney becomes free in that middle middle mm-hmm. field. They used him, and as Marco said to me two or three times, they outball every single time, whether it was out to the sideline or through the middle. Balligunner were extremely well versed in that, so they reacted then by using Parik Mahoney, and again they got a couple of scores from there, and then using the ball inside. So it's two tier, but it's very very well drilled. It's well coached. I'm sure there's plenty of time in the video analysis room where you watch it and then you're showing a fella. It's nearly like professional football, as I said this before, where guys go down the line and they take the right option every single time. So it's watching that over and over again and becoming versed in it and then believing in yourself. They were extremely fit, extremely hungry, physically well able for the challenge, and with their use of the ball, I would say if you could have measured use of the ball yesterday by Belly Gunner. I'd say it was in the 90-something percent where they took the right, right option nearly every single time. Oh, other than the last seven or eight minutes where they hit a few wayward wides, belly gunner, it was a precision belly gunner. Yeah, yeah credit, yeah. huge credit to Dara Sullivan. You know, I loved his interview as well afterwards where he said he hasn't seen Schlockneil, but he certainly has all their games taped. 
and he'll be sitting down from tonight to, to look at them and um yeah they're, they're a very very good team and, yeah they and, and, and as it's co- the challenge for coaches you know in in the modern era in the way the game is played is dealing with that half forward line like effectively who doesn't play as a half forward line and like like he, he, even as such a limerick are a bit similar in that like, you've got do you follow keen lynch do you follow Parik mahoney as a center back and if you do do you deploy one of your midfielders to pick him up but then you've got three men in that middle third so that's the challenge and look I, I, I saw a quote from Einstein there over, over Christmas where Einstein yeah. came up with it. Creativity is seeing what everybody else is seeing, but thinking what nobody else has taught. So we need an Einstein moment, Delo, from a coach out there in order to be able to change. Like We, we, we all know the changes in the game, whether it's Kenny's physicality, to Cork's running game, to maybe the superior fitness, and now to where Limerick are at. So where, where is the next change? Yeah, I'd say call Paul Kinnock. Okay. <laughs> he'll, bring, he'll bring another change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's yeah, no doubt. Go back to Daryl Sullivan. Um, he gave great mention to the chairman, uh, Johnny Cullinan, the secretary, Eddie Flynn, and Liam Murphy, the treasurer. Mm. And also one of their guys, Frankie Frankie King, who passed away last year for Ballygunner, who would have been one of the, the holy trinity, as he called them. And it's very nice um, of the manager to mention the people in the background like that on one of the biggest days of the club year because the, the people that do the work behind the scenes, the chairman, the secretary, the treasurer, they are unsung heroes in every club all over the country. And they probably get most of the abuse as well, like, because when there's a problem, who's the person who gets the phone call? The chairman, you know? So yeah. fair play to Darren Sullivan and um, and like fair play to Belly Gunner. They, like, this is, they're after winning eight counties in a row. And I, and I mentioned in the last part about you know teams consistently winning so the Thomas's four in a row, Belly Hale four in a row, but like their their legacy is, is well documented at this stage. Belly Hale's they're outstanding. So it's no it's no surprise, I suppose, that the best teams left in the championship are teams that are consistently performing over a long period of time and have county championship won. And certainly that experience and that calmness on the ball, the belly gunner, is exuded in yesterday, I'd have to say. At no stage did they leave a ball be wasted. And TJ's right, the, you know, in terms of possession stakes, 90%. Definitely, they made no mistakes with the ball yesterday. And they were giving the right ball all the time. The other thing <clears throat> that was quite obvious is on the restarts with the opposition's puck outs. The six forwards came out. The three inside lines outside the 21 the three half forwards out to 65. The minute the ball was struck, the three inside full forwards all ran into the square. So they're making the field as big as possible. So they're inside the, the parallelogram, right? In, in there, which yeah. like traditionally teams would probably or forwards would stay outside the 21 and they're obviously make the, the field smaller. Whereas they went into the edge of the square. And then two of their half forwards, namely probably. I suppose Peter Hogan in particular for me yesterday, but Mikey Manny obviously, they were sprinting back then and they, and they were getting in under the puck out into the, to try and find the dropping ball. So they were really, really well drilled and um, mm. they'll be a formidable team if they if, if they get to Crow Park and that is the big question now, whether they yeah. can get over the semi-final the schlock deal. It's, it's bubbling up lovely, isn't it? <laughs> and in fairness, Dello, as Mark touched on there, they've eight counties in a row won, which is no meaning. 43 matches in Waterford, did. Unbelievable. And yeah. if you look at even yesterday in the programme, right, 
Like they, they obviously have Daryl Sullivan and then they have selectors David Franks, Rory Sullivan, and Patrick Harron. But then on another page, right, they have this big backroom team listed, right, where they have two other coaches, they have three in the medical team, they have another backroom team of five or six people, they have two people in the video analysis, and they have two people in stats. So this is a serious, like, this is like an inter-county team now, not, not, not too far off the modern era, right? Mm. They, their underage system is winning all, be, all before Waterford. They have a lot of young fellas in this. There's a nice change in their team, let's say, from the last time they won um, the Munster Club. So the, the, these boys have upped the ante you now. And I even heard afterwards in the victory speech where, you know, they were saying that it was the players that are putting pressure on themselves. It's kind of from within they're driving this. Like there's, you can really feel the ambition and, you know, you can really feel the hurt of them losing the last time to Boris Lee. And, you know, they definitely, definitely have bigger things in their minds. And you know what? I said it to Mark coming out yesterday. Jesus, you, 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 what you've seen yesterday, you'd have to fancy him. Yeah, and I, I don't know if he, as the, one of the adventures has been at home, I suppose, is, is that you get to watch the speeches and the interviews and that, and, and uh, Philip Mahoney, himself and Barry Cockham were the joint captains, obviously, but he did the speech, and, and I was going to say tactically as well, lads, that's a feature when they get ahead. Philip sits deep anyway as a centre-back, mm-hmm. but he sits even deeper when they get ahead, and there's no goal chance. I mean, Conor Henley's goal came from a great free... In fairness to him later on, but the goal chances are, and they have O'Keefe behind him as well. Like, so that trio down there, like, it's going to be hard to get a goal. But he tanked, he he tanked, do you know what he tanked as well? The ladies' committee, the, I heard that, yeah. the spread yeah, yeah. that's there from every night. He said, I have to give you a mention, you don't get mentioned often enough. But he tanked Darrow Sullivan for staying with them. <laughs> you don't often hear, like, you, you, you hear so much about players getting rid of managements. But he said, yeah. only a mile down the road here, he says, and two years ago, we came out of here not long, it was just before Christmas, I think, Boris Lee beat him, and, and sure. only a mile down the road, obviously, he was he was bang on, he said, but you stayed with us. You know, it's the other way around, we hear that the whole time, isn't it? Yeah, fair that point, yeah. We stood point. up and we got new management as a bunch of players, but you know what, they yeah. said, Daryl Sullivan's a good guy, and he knows what he's talking about, he knows what he's doing, and we need to look at ourselves, and obviously, that's what they've done, and, and they have that canister this evening. Yeah, they're a fair outfit, though. I tell you, I, 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 I was impressed with them. Kimalik um, probably had a bit of an off day, and Mark said there are a couple of things, like Michal Houlihan pulling the hamstring. He's been a very important player for them. Philip Olocken went off at halftime, and I can only assume was it was, was another injury. I, I, I wasn't confirmed. But a couple of things went wrong for them. Um, Marco said there they had a pint that looked like maybe it was going over the bar and stuff he brought it down and then after that it just became all Benny Gunner so on the day Kilmallock would be disappointed with their own performance and in fairness to them they prepared well like Graham got married Kyle O'Brien got married a lot of things going on but look in fairness to those boys they don't make excuses and you know, they, they, they'll credit with Benny Gunner with it. but for me it was just really impressive Benny Gunner really impressive and they, they, they're sending signals I'd say to all the club teams around the country kind of saying look in order to get to where we are, you need to make sure that you have all those T's crossed and I's dotted, and you know, you need to be very professional. Castle manager Brian Russell, I hope you're listening to all this, Brian. Was, uh, <laughs> we need all these people on the line. Rumour has it that he recruited well, Delo, in the offseason. Yeah, I'm going to give a hand, but sure, I'm out here in the West now, I'll be limited, but yeah, I'll give a hand. Yeah, it's, will, you know what? I think. Will Kilmallock find it hard to pick up the pieces last for 2022 now? Like, will they be getting a month? They'll need, they'll need a month off now, won't they? Like, you know, to reach the out to the country. The good news here for Kilmallock is no championship until August. Oh, right? So, yeah. and in, 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 in fairness, look, Kilmallock traditionally have been one of the stronger clubs and will be one of the stronger clubs in Limerick. 
all the time. You know, I mean, they just have a tradition. Their soaps were impressive, TJ. Their soaps were impressive, and you know, they have a couple yeah. of very, very good young lads. Uh, Paddy O'Brien's navy there, Shane O'Brien, who has uh, done a bit of underage work for Limerick. He's coming on the scene. He's going to be a first fifteen player for them. Uh, the other fella helping out. Yeah, I think he might be under seventeen or maybe eighteen. Uh, Pierce Connery, another really, really good prospect. So look, there's plenty there for them. Uh, Tony Cannon said afterwards. If you had said maybe the start of the season that they would have reached a Munster Club final, a lot of people wouldn't have believed it. You know, yeah. as I said, they were probably outsiders of four at the semi-final stage at Limerick. Yeah. So it's a very good season, right, for them to win a county, get to a Munster final. Yes, of course, it's a disappointing end and it's disappointing to be well beaten by Belly Gunner. But as I said, it was it was a little bit of two things yesterday. Belly Gunner being really, really, really good on the money and Kamala maybe just being a little bit off. But you have to credit Belly Gunner with that. Mm. Oh no! Look, it's just um, it's easy to be Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks here, you know. Um, but by God, they, they turned in some display, and and it's tough. I often think this as well. It's you start off the year, you dream about in Clare here. We dream about winning the Cannon Hamilton, you know, which is a cup here in Clare. It's tough to finish up your year losing when you achieve that. You 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 achieve the dream by getting the Cannon Hamilton. And then you lose in Munster and everyone is kind of downbeat at the end of the season. But yeah, look, I think they'll and, be fine. I think that, they'll be That's the point where we're making before Christmas. Is that if that Munster final was played before Christmas, the lads would be able to go away and burn off the steam and get rid of the disappointment of having been beaten in the Munster Club. And I hope I hope next year that, that those Munster Club finals will be played pre-Christmas and let mm. both teams win or lose have their Christmas to themselves. It's harder on the losing team to pick up the pieces. For any mm. team looking forward now to an All-Ireland semi-final, they have no issue going back to training. They're, they're walking on air this morning. Yeah. But for the team that loses the Munster final, they're going to be down the dumps for a long, long time. Whereas if you have a Christmas period, the end of the year, it kind of draws a line on it and then and then sets people up again for the next year. Yeah, and Mark, that you're not on Twitter, um, I get all the grief for some of the stuff you say on here. So I think in fairness to the Munster Council, they made the point after our last podcast that in fairness, they're allowing for Lockmore, Castellani being in both Munster Hurling and Munster Football that they had to allow that they couldn't have the Munster Club final the following week because it was fixed for... But that's, that's interesting now because Kilmerford, Foxport and Leinster happened to win both counties as well. And it's amazing that the Leinster Council were able to facilitate it and get their championships played it's in the calendar year. I think that was acknowledged that his pre-planning will be better for the end of this year now. But uh, yeah, okay. and we, that did, stage, we, did, what... we did make that point. But geez, it's, it's, it's interesting to know that you had been contacted by Twitter by the Munster Council in some respects, right? You'll be contacted on Twitter by everybody, Mark. A fella said to me, I say 10 minutes into the game yesterday when... when um, Belly Gunner got the one two without reply. Um, Belly Gunner, no divers, Dale. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't I didn't even send him a like. Like, I just said, I never, I felt like saying I didn't call anyone divers. But anyway, that's you Twitter. You didn't send him a picture of Tom Daly, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I should have sent him a picture of you. <laughs> well, there's a good chance now that he probably won't be diving anymore, or maybe the umpires watching him in the future won't be, won't be caught by him. But yeah. I did meet a very, very high up inter-county referee over my Christmas, uh, over the Christmas period. And I asked him what his feelings were on the 
Lockmore two sendings off. He said, for him, the first sending off was not sending off. The yellow card, obviously, he said that he, definitely the linesman would have been influenced. He would have thought that he struck him with the hurley because of the, the motion, but he didn't see it, so he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. And he said, John McGrath can only have himself to blame for being sent off. He was on a yellow card, he said. He didn't need to do what he did. Yes, he said he felt that Barry Collin probably did make a meal of it, but he would more be critical of John McGrath that John didn't need to do it. So it was great to get a referee, a top-class referee's perspective on that. Okay, that clears all that up now. Uh, three weeks later, that's great. <laughs> well done, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move along a bit. As the, as the Munster representatives, we'll, we'll wish um, Ali Gunnar all the best. Obviously, TJ, you, you'll do a vested interest in the, in the Western champions. Um, going yeah, but as you, said, as you said, as you said, Dello, it, it's in the setup beautifully. And even like for St. Thomas's, nicely set up, they love an opportunity and a pop off belly you know, yeah, coming yeah. in two weeks. Like that, 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 wow. That's a great opportunity for them. You know, they've been very impressive in Galway again, and, and they like to make a statement here. And again, as you said, for Northern boys, as you said, licking their chops yesterday, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, Par- Parnell Park, nice and tight, not a whole lot of grass in the pitch. And yeah. I think it's, it's as good a team that came out of Ulster, lads, and it's gas, they're the dairy champions. You know, you, you always have it as the entrum, maybe the down. This is as good a team that come out of... Uh, Ulster in a long, long time, and they've no football distractions this time around, and uh, they'll they'll turn up. Stock Neil will turn up anyway. That's for sure. So maybe Kamelok just didn't turn up yesterday. Some for some bizarre reason. I don't know why we got no indication of that for it. I'd say Stock Neil will turn up for this one. I'd say they're, you know, they had their Ulster final before Christmas. They had their Christmas, and I'd say they're going hard at the moment. So yeah, really too. Mouth water and semi final lads yesterday. As I said, to you, the streaming wasn't working, but uh, uh, Mike, Michael Holland and Mark Foley brought us the Munster Intermediate final. And uh, I have to say, TJ, I know you have a vested interest now in Thomas's, but uh, I spent four years, I didn't win as much as you, I won two down there. Um, with, with the stripes, as I used to call them, the Kilmiley boys with the, the sash across the Ironically, they wore the away jerseys yesterday, which was a bone of contention in my last year because they wore the Clarecastle jerseys. Because Lichna wouldn't change their Kerry jerseys, and Kimiley were green with a yellow sash. And we played them in the county final three years previous, and you, she wouldn't, you couldn't know one player from the next with the jerseys clash, and <laughs> no one would budge. Uh, so we wore the Clarecastle jerseys, got plenty of stick out of that too from the Lichna boys telling me go home and bring my jerseys with me. But, <laughs> But I think it caused a motion at the Kilmiley uh, AGM that winter, and they said that get away a set of jerseys, and it's just the reverse. It's the yellow with a green sash, uh, and they wore those yesterday. And look, lads, I, I, I'm dying to watch it now today because I think I have it now today, the, the streaming crowd, and um, have it sent on. Um, they were beaten twice. They were down four points twice in that second half, and they just showed unbelievable character and Daniel Collins from Freeze and the O'Connor twins, I think, came up with seven points in play between them. Uh, Mossy and Paddy and, and like just the old guard. I, I going by the radio, my old mucker Tom Ornan, who was one of my main men, and that's going back to 07 08. Um, was struggling a bit in the first half, but up she came with a massive score from play in the second half and to get it grounds. And uh, I'd say, look, don't know about the eight o'clock closing in North Kerry, lads. Is it been enforced as much as it is here in West Clare? But I'd say it was tested, tested to the full last night. And the first Kerry team to win a monster title, I just it couldn't happen to a better 
See, Michael Holland, the, the commentator, did a thing on Facebook there yesterday, and he says, they were hurling in Kilmiley 20 years before the association was formed. Some <laughs> still, like, you know, there's, there yeah. is, and there's history to show that. <clears throat> Local games and that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so delighted. I know John Myler was away, I think, and had a long pre-booked family holiday and was over the other side of the world, America, Barbados or something, I think, and um, they pulled a master stroke, then they brought Shane Brick, who's down in Cork, coached a few teams in Cork, and he was about Douglas there, Mark. They brought Douglas, Shane yeah. in for the day because Morris Bernan is the kind of manager, the local manager, and Morris was sent to the stand, which you could nearly have predicted before the game. Like, in fair, he's been sent to the stand when he was wing back <laughs> for me. Great joke. And Murnans, I, you know, I'll be thinking of the Murnans and the Walshes, the McGilly gets the bricks, you know, the Ned Horgans, they are lads. They're unbelievable. You, you'd go out, Ned Horgan distributed, um, like stuff like rasher sausages, puddings, all that, you know, they were Horgan's meats or whatever. And you'd go out to your car to, to rush to the ferry 20 minutes to get to the ferry, like, and it should have been a half an hour now, but shooting across side roads <laughs> down into places and shooting across Lizette and across the main road. And, you get to the ferry and you go on and they say, oh, go on. You look into the back seat and there'll be this gammon steaks and rashers and pudding going out. Best crowd you ever meet. Like. And then and then the Sean Moran, the Moran's father, would ring you on the way home. He said, that wasn't a great session tonight. <laughs> You'd have a good row with him and tell him to stick it up in his arse. And then by the time you'd be back here to finish off in the pub then at 10 o'clock, Working and uh, he'd ring about half ten. Are you working? <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> it was a bit harsh on you earlier on when you were on the ferry. I'm sorry for courses. Would you believe? Would you believe? I did a training session for the courses Camogies one time when they were in the Northern Ireland semi final. Shirley Maloney asked me would I go down to do to do a session with them, and I did. I'm sorry for courses, and if I'm if I'm biased on this one, it's just because I, I've been involved as TJ would know with the, with the Toms and and. Uh, Thrilled, and I'd love to get the first ferry actually led today when we're finished here now and go across. <laughs> <laughs> Opening up here, unfortunately, staff are low here at the moment. Great, great picture. Sorry for Fabulous. rabbiting on. Sorry for yeah. rabbiting on there. Yeah, no, still, you, you can understand that. So, fabulous achievement, and to be the first Kerry team to win, like that's always going to sit with them now, which is which, which is unbelievable to break new ground. And just a brilliant weekend for Kerry Hurland. I know, I know, uh, Larry is probably uh, uh, buried somewhere and pretending he's not listening to us like but For also Kerry to record their first win over Tipperary on Saturday, that probably was a factor, though, I'd say, in terms of uh, just a G up for Kerry Hurland Saturday night. And when you go four points down, and you, know, you might be saying they're small things, and you know, how did it affect Kilmiley? But the, those weekends normally come together like that. So, weekend. the cup as well, Peter. Oh, jeez, don't remind oh, me. Well. No, you're just talking <laughs> about Larry. <laughs> but uh, some weekends yeah, in, in, in total, wasn't it? Believe but the, 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 other, the other side of the victory is that they beat the Tipperary County, sorry, yeah, Tipperary County Champions in the quarter final, and they beat uh, Dunhill in the semi final, and now they beat the Cork Champions in the Munster final. So there's a lot of quality and there's no fluke to the to the win yesterday. That's the thing I would take away from it because they've beaten, you know, three of the said three traditional counties, I suppose, in some respects, more than point of view. So but like I said courses will be kicking themselves. And you know, in the manner in which they won the county final coming from eight points down to win it by a pint, they found themselves slightly different and so it's bad. They were in front by four points, I think they are 
three yeah, times twice. during the second twice. half. I think twice, Mark, yeah. But yeah. I actually and, had, and, a, I had he, it down as five here in, in my newspaper article this morning because I thought at one stage it went out to five, but I believe it was yeah. four twice. Like. Yeah. And they missed the free and 56 minutes to put them four points up. Ball went down the field and brought it back to two. So, you know, it just, it just, you know what I mean, lads? The game is never done to the final whistle. And you have to keep going to the end. That's the thing about it. And remember playing a game against Klein years and years ago, our first year up. And we were seven or eight points up with 15 minutes to go. And we thought the job was done. And Conor Cusick got a flick and a ball into the back of the net. And we got, we got beaten by a pint. Remember talking to three or four players after the game, how do we lose that lap? But a common thread came through. It was, we thought the game was done. You know, we were in a cruise control, well, hurling, hurling well, hurling all over the field. There's no, you know, four points up is a lovely lead. We won't get caught from here. There's no crowd going to beat us on points. And, and that's the thing about it. They beat them on points. They didn't get a goal to, to, to bring it back into it, you know, which was... Oh, There's a message anything. in that as well, Mark, isn't there? That, that you, you should keep taking your points. Like, especially now with these injury times that we're often seeing five minutes going up. You know, the, That's right. and there's only two minutes to go, maybe. That is probably six minutes, maybe, or seven minutes. You know, so That's right. That's to tip right. away the points. And I think Daniel Collins was, he missed one. I think it was the only one he missed all day, was to level it. And you'd say, <laughs> oh, gone now. And, and then he got another one to level it. And of course, nailed it. And he nailed everything then an extra time. And uh, yeah, it just goes to show. Stick to the plan. You you kind that one, TJ. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. James Maloney always quotes that he's the he's the, the financial controller and the operations manager here in Cube. That's his famous statement. No matter what happens and what goes wrong, all James says in his Mayo accent is stick to the plan. But it's also true in reverse, Mark, about what you're saying about teams thinking the game is done, right? You have to give huge credit to teams who are behind and three and four and five and six points down. And we have seen more and more comebacks in, in, in the hurling is that your default is back to your training, right? And if your setup and your training is very good and very strong and people really buying into it, as said Dale said there, they will tip over the score. You're more likely to take the right option and keep in the hunt and believe mm. that the goal might come if you can get it back to three. You're always more likely to do that if everything's in order, if your training has gone well and if your preparation has gone well. So that's key too. And like referring back to when he got man of the match, uh, Parik Bani said like we three or four, 15 on fifteens in training, and he said they were they were worse than today in terms of brutality and physicality and so like if you can create that in your training, you're on a winner, aren't you? Like you know, and yeah, I think Kimiley would 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 have a fair bit of that going as well. Now <laughs> Kimiley's numbers and underage would be gone very tight, and I'd say they're making hay while they can, and, and but they'd have a great strong panel that way, and, and would have good games and. Uh, yeah, as I said to somebody on, on social media last night and, and later on dear Belly Duff and Nick Schnaw and Causeway and Art Fert and all the rest will knock lumps out of them down there. Like, you know? And that was one of the things that I was going to say, you know, I think again, like, you know, Martin Fogarty stood down. Um, like, what a guy. Martin Fogarty is, is nearly like Potty Butler. Just a magnificent hurling man. And, but we, you know, I, I read some of the stuff and, and you know, this night in Leitrim and there were only two clubs here in Cavan or whatever. And I just think, should the GA not be focusing more? Like, we're very happy with all the talk is about our football rules changing and competitions changing now. But we have a bunch of counties that have a hardcore hurling element in them. 
and I'm not including Leitrim and Kevin and that. I'm sorry, I have nothing against anybody hurling up there now. Don't get me wrong. But we've the likes of Kerry lads, you know, who are bursting for hurling and that area in North Kerry now, Tralee getting strong, the Crokes and Killarney getting strong, Westmead, we know all about, Carlo, we know all about, you know, um, even Leash to get them just up that other, other notch. Could we pour a bit more resource in there and come up with a better plan to maybe shove our All-Ireland championship out by extended by four or five teams that can compete at that level? Because I think it can be done. Yeah, but I think, I, I, yeah, well, like, if you want to opt into county to get more teams into the inter-county scene, you have to start with the grassroots, with the club game in the counties involved. And to me, the split season is the first part of that process, Anthony, whereby the club is now getting its time. It is now time for the clubs to get their own house in order as well. Um, most counties have now gone to a league format basis, which, which guarantees players at least three or four matches every year. That is very important as well. The more matches you can provide for your players on a more regular basis is the key to the club. So more regular competitive matches and a structured basis as well. I was talking to a guy who was involved with a junior club in Cork over the weekend, and he just said to me he was hoping his club would win the junior county so that they could come in under the auspices of the county board where you knew that the county board fixtures would be fulfilled because he feels that the divisional boards in some areas in Cork, the, the matches get cancelled on a regular basis because the cat has had kittens, the game has gone off. Whereas under the auspices now of the county board and under Kevin O'Donovan, the matches are played, they're fixed, and you you have to guarantee matches for your club players. So I think we'll see the fruits of the labour maybe in a decade's time, whereby the club is now going to be front and centre for probably six months of the year. And that that is the key. But then Dela, outside of that, can you can you get people like Martin Fogarty to do more? There's more Martin Fogarty's I got out, out there as well that could help out. But it's the funding of it as well as going to come from, who's going to cost it, um, and is the drive and the willingness there within counties to pay money to get coaches or get somebody like Martin Fogarty on board? Because he's a We had him in Killer 15 years ago, and we had about 70 or 80 coaches on the night that were down the top, and everybody was impressed. And flabbergasted by Martin. And no, no way by him. Same with party. The enthusiasm that he bought was magnificent. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, that's just it. Um, Marco, GEA TV is the funding uh, oh. solution without, without a doubt. To me, I know you're laughing at me. I, I just think that there's so much more in the club side of it. Yes, we need to improve the inter-county scene with some of those scenes you said, Delo, but... The, the key for, let's say, take Kerry, who are in the lose this weekend, right? The key for them, right, is like they nearly need a Martin Fogarty on their own, right? In in the sense they need their own Martin Fogarty within the country, right? To make, sure, they to make sure that their underage is going to provide players for the future, to make sure that at schools level they're doing the, whatever they can to maybe to give some of their better players the opportunity to play, let's say, possibly a Hartley Cup, to make sure that at an academy level that they're producing their minor hurlers to be at a level where they can go on to play under 20 and in onto a senior panel, and to make sure that their club scene is being maximised from a hurling point of view. And you nearly need somebody, like somebody to do that for all the counties in the country is just too big a scope, right? So you nearly need somebody in that county to drive that and like i think with what's happening 
with the platforms that are there for the club and where the club scene around the country. I, I know I've beaten this drum over a while to say that some clubs around the country are taking what the county teams are doing. They have their house in order. And I can tell club teams now around the country that if you're not planning for the next four or five years with all the youngsters coming today, if you don't have some form of a certain conditioning plan, if you don't have some form of a nutrition plan, if you're not buying into this to set it up for three, four, five years down the road. And I do hear people, even in my own club, telling me that, look, do you know what I mean? That certain conditioning is not for here or that nutrition is not for here. Like, they just don't believe in it. And when you're explaining you're in trouble, all I'm going to say to the message around the country, in football and in hurling, that if you're not preparing for three, four, five years for this game to be at a higher level than it is today, you're going to be left behind. Yes, and obviously the Gary Spillane Academy is in good shape. Uh, yet there's a few lads giving out about the bit of honey and the porridge in the morning and um, the, the blocking and tackling. Well, if you, if, you, if you look at the physicality that was on show yesterday, Mark, like that's inter-county where it was a couple of years ago. And, yeah. you know, we, we spoke about guys in pre-seasons and, you know, I was listening to Radio 1 coming home yesterday where people were talking, I heard McFenley and Henry and those guys coming home on the radio for the match yesterday talking about that before that basically maybe these competitions were fellas where they might have had a half a stone deal or a stone or maybe a little bit more. Or two stone, right? Who, who said two stone? McFinley. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. So like, those, those days are well gone and like these guys are minding themselves. But the, the club scene has to be the, the feeder into the teams like Kerry. You go around to all those counties, they'll work as Leash or where it's Leacham or where Kevin. Like, you can maybe fix an inter-county team for a season or two, but if you don't have the feeder system coming into that, coming into that, it'll, it, it'll fall away again. So I, I do think that the money will be there in time. I do think that there's funding opportunities available. I do think that the club scene can grow significantly on where it is today, even though it's in a good place. And I do think all those things are possible. Now, how can you get a Martin Fogarty for all those counties? Different question. Yeah, as a, all, all my point really was, was as opposed to the next now party butler, Martin, Martin Fogarty, and that we maybe get a committee of people, a hurling committee of people, and by all means, go to Leitrim, go to Kevin. I'm not, not knocking those counties at all. But what I'm saying is there's ferocious interest. Like the day that's in Kilmiley today, you know, there's ferocious interest in hurling. They beat Kerry. I know it's only a pre-season tournament. You know, like they, they, they love hurling in large tracts of one of the biggest counties in Ireland. If we could, as an association, if we could, if Crow Park, I'm, I'm going to say it out, if Crow Park could give them the resources maybe to help to put two more hurling coaches in there, you know, full-time hurling coaches. You know, there's plenty of lads would love to do it. And um, I even think, I just think rather than getting another evangelist, if you like, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love Martin Fogarty, Paddy Butler, I got him to train the Dublin hurlers. We met him in Mayo one time. We were up on a trip and Paddy happened to be checking into the hotel. And I said, Paddy, you're on tomorrow. And they still talk about the session, do you know? And that's the kind of guys you're dealing with here. I just think we could spread that a bit more and maybe focus a little bit more on those counties that are just that step below. Joe McDonough level, can we get them to Liam McCarthy level? I think that would be great. And I, I totally agree with you that the club stuff is going to, the way it's structured now, and I think the way we've promoted it on this show and, you know, there's been still a few dragons out there in the media, as that's saying, this is all wrong. The 
they were giving away August, they're giving away September and other sports, but we need to promote the club game. I think I think you're bang on on that. I like wouldn't wouldn't it be great if the, the country could see the, the full Kilmiley game tonight or tomorrow night or or, or the full Belly Giblin game or let's say the Leinster um, equivalents. And again, that's the promotion that helps, that feeds into it, that gives all the other Kerry clubs the opportunity to say, well, if Kilmiley can do it, like why can't we do it in 2022 or 2023? And that's what the driver is for the future. I, yeah. like, I was thinking about your idea the JTV TJ actually over the weekend because I I was I turned on the radio here to, to listen to snippets of the Bally Giblin Shkihina Rinky game but I actually wanted to be able to watch it on television and then I was saying if I want to watch it surely there's an awful lot more people out there and not just from Cork or Tipperary I think every junior person or, or team that's involved in the junior championship this year would like to see and log in and pay a fiver maybe to actually go and watch that match yesterday. Like there was three Munster Holland finals played yesterday at club level. And there's no reason why the three of them couldn't have been live broadcast at, we say, half past 12, half past one or two o'clock. We say half past 12, two o'clock and half past three. And I guarantee you this much, there would have been 50,000 on an average, on an average, right, across the country. And, and it wouldn't cost the whole pile to actually get your, you know, get your live streaming. Like, what, what Rafe is doing and the examiner are doing the live streaming in the Cup Championship. That's, that's, that, that's well affordable or well achievable. It's, we have to promote the game of hurling. And, and, like, you know the issue you're going to get from the once the councils or the county ball. Oh, if we live stream it, people aren't going to come and watch it and pay through the actual tonsils. That's That'll be the biggest blocker. To me, the most important thing is the promotion of the game. Promote the game, Munster Councils, County Boards, not about what's coming through. Do your deals with the TV rights and stuff like that. What do you lose? 10% of the gate? What about the old people? Who... Listen, picture... sorry, I'm on a rent. I'm yeah, on the, a bigger, rent. The, the bigger picture, Mac, is that they get more money out of the subscriptions all around the country. Like if somebody's paying 10 euros a month and they have access to everything. And just to make a point there, even, they don't need to be even at different times, right? I was watching the racing over Christmas there and I'm sure other people were on racing TV. And if you wanted on racing TV just to focus on Leperstown or just on Limerick, I used to hit the red button and just focus on one, one, one place. So yeah. that's available. And that, I, 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 look, I actually think it'll come in time. I think the penny will drop here where everybody around the country is paying 10 euros a month and you've got GEA. The Fitzgibbon Cup is coming up. I know yeah. you've got the equivalents in, 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 in football and all that. Great and the Harty Cup has been on TV. And the Harty Cup, yeah. And yeah actually, it has been on the... dial. I mean, I, we, we showed here now, we showed the McGrath Cup, Karen <clears> Cock. <throat> there was something with the streaming yesterday, Mark, but you could, I paid a tenner, but the, right. whatever, there was a worldwide issue, I think, with something. Anyway, it, it didn't come on anyway. Yesterday we got refunded today, the tenner, but... I was going showing Kilmiley and courses here yesterday as well, and um, yeah, so it is improving. We'd have to say, like, but uh, yeah, the more yeah. the merrier. And look at the crowd that was at Skeena Rinka and and, and Billy Gibbon. Yeah. Didn't take away from the crowd at all, sure. Like, no, and and we had a massive crowd in Parky Queen yesterday. Yeah, Billy Gibbon, Billy and we, we actually mentioned it before the game. TJ when when the ball was there, there was a massive roar when the, roar, went yeah. up yeah. after the um, national anthem. So. I just, it needs to happen. We need to promote the game more, and it's not all about money in the background. And unfortunately, there is, there is, look, there is that 
culture. There is that culture about getting patrons through the gates to pay and stuff like that. But there's a bigger picture here, and that's the promotion of the game of hurling. That's I the bigger picture. I don't, yeah, I don't get that. I think people still go to the matches. Like you know, I, they will. Like if Clarecastle are live streamed, I'm I'm still going to the match. Like I'm, you know, like, that's yeah. yeah, that's the way. That's what I'm saying. Like you'll only lose about ten percent of the people. But what about the older person who can't travel to the match anymore yeah. who would watch on television? What that about is. the diaspora that's outside of here? You know, you that's outside of the country, and not even outside of the county. There's people about you know from Killer that are living in Dublin. We've actually two guys from Killer on the Fulton Gales team. The one, the other. The one over yesterday, they, they, Full, they beat the Armagh champions in extra Full time and penalties. Full Kevin Finley, led, a local lad here, he's captain of the team. So he's the goalie, not from killer. He is Dan Cusick. Yeah, yeah. He, he, saved the, he, he saved the winning. He won it from. Yeah. Finley, he saved the last penalty. Yeah. So like those two lads, I mean that 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 adds a piece as well now. But like, look at it, the parents, the grandparents, the uncles, the aunts, the first cousins who would actually like to watch that match there now. Pay your fiver, sit down and watch the game. There's huge yeah, content, yeah. Yeah, there's huge content yeah, all over the country. Someone had it up, Mark, that the seven minutes of the penalty shootouts last night on, on Facebook. And when oh, I finished boy, up here last night, I filled the old glass of wine at home and I watched the seven minutes of the penalty. Penalties weren't great now, Les, I'm going to have to say it to you. <laughs> not only quite, but huge shout out to Fulham Gales. They're based in Liverpool, lads. Stan Murray Hessian from Alahide. What a ledge. He's the chairman of the club now. He's manager of the team basically not running everything but like the job they have they're kind of based Liverpool Manchester the job they have to try and train I actually I met him for a chat before the last All Ireland semi-final they were in um, Open Malahide they were home for it and they'll be home again obviously now they beat the Armagh champions uh, yesterday so they're into the junior they, they could be running into Billy Giblin now for all we know but that's yeah, their that's context what are they meeting go yeah. Yeah. there you go the next, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah there's local yeah. Big local thing now, yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Great, it's great, it's great. Les, we, we'd be right, look at, we'll always push the agenda on hurling on this show anyway, and, 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 and you know, getting up there. And I, why I'm bringing it up today is I think there's a, a huge focus on football and changing the format. But we're all grand with hurling because Galway are into Leinster, and if, if Antrim are down or Derry come out of Ulster, and they'll go into Leinster as well. And even the talk was Kerry go into Leinster if they won the John McDonough. And we're all happy. We've two great conferences, let's say. So I just think we don't need to take our eye off the ball because we have a nice balanced system. Um, we just need to add to that. That's my point. And and Dilla, in all aspects of the game, right, whether it's coaching or fitness or strength and conditioning or nutrition, people are pushing the boundaries and pushing things on. And there's mm. loads of good things in clubs and astroturf pitches and facilities. Does does this is going getting better and better? So I think there's an honest maybe to bring that promotion of all the stuff that's happening and that content maybe to that wider audience. I think there's something there. Even in fairness, I see the boys there and what's the score there, their app, where they're trying to bring scores and different things if you can't get to a game to kind of keep up to date with it, which is, which is very good. So there's people pushing boundaries here all the time. A, a, a brilliant app to keep in touch with games. So I just think that this week now, right, with the weekend that's just gone, like you could have an awful lot of stuff there for people to watch, and there's a huge amount of stuff coming up with all different competitions. So I, I, I think it'll happen. I think in time somebody will will grab the bull by the horn. And it's a right, it is a rights thing, though, TJ. It is. I know for I know. D, like 
you don't think we've we've been asking the Declan McBinnett to this world could we not have a show on a Wednesday night or Tuesday night and show all the games and I do but does he own it like they have the drivers like yeah well, you'll have an hour now nine, eight to nine tonight TG Carr and they will show bits and pieces of the games but they're trying to cover football hurling maybe yeah, very difficult very difficult in one hour on a Monday night and I'd no, I know RT would love to give it a two hour show there on a Monday night but it's it's a right thing and, and, and don't get me wrong TJ TJ Carr have been outstanding in the coverage they've given us and, down and, to and, and, and Dero just just one thing I don't know what you saw the uh, documentary on Eamon Ryan over the Christmas period TJ Carr did it and last night just very good compliment. You know, the two step TG Car number one, but the Ryan family in particular for the openness and the honesty and the clips uh, that they showed of Eamon. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. We look, I'm not going to go on about it, but I must say, and I saw a lot of the, the messages from former ladies footballers from outside of Cork County that got an in got an extra look at who Eamon Ryan was. And what he contributed to GA, both hurling and football, men's and women's teams, just phenomenal. But just to say thanks to the Ryan family in particular for allowing the general public in to see the other side of Eamon Ryan, which was the family. Yeah, I've seen it before, Mark, and it was actually on last night as well at about half nine or nine o'clock, I think. So it's a, it's a great one. I'm sure, I'm sure you can Google it and, and get it on YouTube or whatever. Yeah, it's a great show. I've seen it, yeah. If you ask RT, they did a great show on Wednesday Blackmore 2 over Christmas, which is very fantastic. Like, yeah, shows. fantastic, fantastic yeah. Yeah. Just some, some, some warrior. Um, I don't know if you were talking to Kevin last night or this morning, TJ, but was he happy with uh, Henry's debut? I wasn't actually uh, talking Henry and Mick meeting on the sideline in Bellinasloe, yeah. one over Offley, one over Galway, was not something... Um... um the two of them saw coming maybe four years ago. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. Linda. Amazing. Two fantastic warriors and oh. two, two of, of, of the very best the game has produced. And yeah, in fairness to them, you mean both both trying to improve where where, where it's gone now. Galway, um obviously a winning result uh, is, is always good when you're a new fresh yeah. manager. And I'm not sure that I'm not saying that Henry needs any credit in the bank because he, he's very full of credit at the moment, but it's nice to get it off to a winning start. You kind of keep getting that buy-in. Like obviously, it's very much trial for all these counties at the moment, and they're having a look and trying to see what they can play with. But like you're looking for fellas to show the right attitude. So yeah, I'm sure they'll be happy with that. Um, I heard both of them speaking, as I said, and, and, and they both sounded happy. Mark coming home on the radio and with the work yeah. and you know, I, I think they've both said that things are happening quite quick here, right? And you know, even in the program yesterday, I, we were reminded that the first round of the championship between. Limerick and Cork is the 17 to the fourth, which is not too far away as we speak right now. When you consider you've got these competitions, you've got to get a league play. You wouldn't, that time you wouldn't well. want to be having the two stone now, You team. wouldn't want to have two stone now, Dello is correct. <laughs> so these boys were happy. So yeah, it's exciting. And you could, again, uh, it was a 3,000 people or something at the match and people queuing oh, to get in. Yeah, so hello, people getting in to see the, um, Henry get, get, getting the ball rolling. So exciting time for Galway there, no one. As to, as to what presents itself and I was reading like, a report in the match and young Eamon O'Shea's young fella hitting, hitting the headlines nine. from 1-9 yeah so look I think everybody's aware there's a lot of talent and you know even talking to Kevin there over Christmas the challenge for them is to try and you know put, put, put the right pieces together but so. to be fair to them to be fair to them now TJ I'm going to give them this bit of credit now look everyone has their own agenda and as you said the time is short the time is short now the time is shorter than ever before 
Yeah. But like we saw the Kerry football team that was out against Limerick, and you're saying, Jesus, Jack, do you really need to put them all out? Like, you know, <laughs> like you're not giving a few lads a chance now. And he, he, he probably did. Like when I saw the Galway lineup, I was there, mm, haven't heard of him, mm, haven't heard of yeah. him. You know, yeah. and in fairness to Henry, and it was maybe a little one that you could do with winning and not yeah. any point in it at half time. And you know, Mick obviously off here on the rise again, and um it was still one he want, would have wanted to win, but he 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 was brave with his team selection. He was, and I said that that's part of what, and I think even Henry spoke. I said we were speaking yesterday was he needs to get to know all these players and yeah. see, and you know, I mean he he has to spread. The net wide and i suppose when you're coming in from the outside you know sometimes even though somebody can be like kevin and damien will know the scene inside out and they will be advising henry but you know from him himself and richie they need to see it they need to kind of see it and touch it and feel it because they might see something that maybe is a little bit different to before and try to put all those pieces together so it's a tough job and there's an awful lot of those really good players in galway it's just trying to find the exact piece that they want for their jigsaw. That's the challenge for them early doors. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, no better man, no better man. As you said, he is, is a fair bit of credit there anyway. He's Henry Shefflin, so he'll he'll be a, a, a tight. I, I, I just think from a player's point of view, yeah. even in the radio, listening last night when, when he speaks, you listen. Uh, yeah. Same with the two of them, like Finno as well. Like, oh, yeah. Like Finno, I think if, if, Mike, if, if Mike Finley asked me to do something, I would do no question. Trying to go and do it. Yeah, 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 just yeah, do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, is, isn't that, is that then, like in fairness, you see the enthusiasm they're bringing to that, um, to that competition. And then isn't it disappointing from a Cork perspective that they didn't enter a team into the Munster Senior League at Isleshire? Yeah, he wouldn't bother I mean, with that. I just, he wouldn't. I, just, young I, just, I know, yeah. After winning a minor All Ireland and two hundred twenty, oh, two hundred twenty-one All Irelands this year, and we didn't. Did they get a holiday for that All Ireland final performance? Yeah. It can be sometimes a catch twenty-two. Sometimes you can only play fifteen in some of those games. Whereas if you were at home, maybe Cork might feel they could play a fifteen and fifteen and just spread the net wider. So. It's kind of different strokes for different folks. But look, I suppose TJ, there's a lot, there's a lot John Allen, putting on the county jersey and getting yeah. out and winning matches. It used to be the yeah. Waterford Crystal Munster League or That's whatever right. we call it. Right. You know, you were managing yeah. Limerick, I was managing Clare. John Allen said to me one time when he was with Limerick, he said, Dale, I'd love to try out everyone. You know, John, no, absolute gent. I'd yeah. love to try out a complete B team. He said, like, but there'll be a full page in the examiner about this tomorrow. <laughs> they were playing Tip and Nina, I think, and it was a massive crowd there because people are mad for hurling. Like, and it well, is, it is, it's, 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 um, which comes first, the chicken and the egg thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you have to experiment, but you, you probably like, want to win as well. I mean, Colin Bonner probably faced that little bit of a predicament. It's, it's very minor in the overall scheme of things, but you know, all of a sudden there's a question mark. He's like, what's he doing with some of these players? Why are we getting beat by Kerry? So all, all of a sudden, you like when you're fresh into the management, the less questions, the better. <laughs> I, yeah. a, I, I did he get a sleepless night Saturday night? Yeah. And when he brushed it under the cap, they asked to look pre-season, you know. I know, knowing the Bonner's mark, they'd sleep away anyway. I'd say they'd, they'd be laid back, lads. Like, but I'd say driving home now, he probably was saying, yeah, I could have done without that. Like, you know, right? Yeah, my, my first match, official match with uh, the Dubs, uh, Walsh Cup against Kilkenny, and uh, named them as strong as I had them. And, and next thing I see, the Kilkenny team and Cody put out about 11 regulars, and Bate was six goals. 
I tell you, it was a fair drive from Parnell. <laughs> I knew the job ahead of me anyway, that's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, he was kind of, I'd say, straight away saying, this crowd of potential now. And uh, they've won a kind of a minor Leinster and a under-21 Leinster. And I'd be putting Hurling out of their heads now. For <laughs> that was right. Mr. Mr. Cody had that ruthless streak in him, like, you know, so... But look, all's fair in love and war. If you if you enlist, you must drill, as we say. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Shout out, lads, before we go. Shout out to St. Rhinus, Camogie, uh, All-Ireland Intermediate Club Champions for 2020. It's mad. Um, and Raharney, who actually beat Clan Morris, um, who is the only Camogie club in Kerry, I think. Maybe there's a new one. And they're all the Kilmiley girls and the Causeway girls. And they had to play it yesterday at the same time as the hurling match. They couldn't have played it Saturday. So Mammy had to go to the Camogie or Daddy had to go to the Camogie. Johnny had to go to the hurling. Bridget had to go to the hurling. Billy had to go. And they're awful. They couldn't play it Saturday. Like, Themselves and, and Raharney won 77 points yesterday uh, in, in Long Orchard. And in the, the cat that they couldn't, they couldn't just put one on the day before. Which, you know, I, look, I, we've seen it in Cork with the ladies' football and the camogie. Mm. The amount of hassle over the last decade between both those associations. Yeah. And that seem to be, they need to realise that they're facilitating the players, not trying to get one up on the other association. Oh, that, that would madden, you know, like, that would yeah. sicken, you know, like, you know, two clubs. Yeah. Playing at the same time. All their sisters. Yes. Like if you go through the names and didn't go through the Kimiley team's names, it'll, it'll, it'll make sense to you. Anyone today's examiner lads sport again? I have it here. Unbelievable coverage from everything. You get the course and from Temple Tuhi yesterday, where I would have liked to have been as well yesterday. Some course and down there, but I tell you the home of it down there, I, I'd go as far to say. Um, the horse race and everything, rugby even is in it somewhere there in the middle. I think Munster won with 14 minutes or something. Did it? I wouldn't it <laughs> There was a few lads watching it here, Sardine. Now the way it is with the rugby, you can watch the first half in Marty Brown's legs, but you have to be out for the second half. Yeah. And I see um oh is there drugs out for the second half. Oh, fuck, that's gone. Sure. You clear the place eight o'clock. My god. There's talk about change in Charlie, isn't there? Yeah. Um, on a sad note, we had a tough couple of weeks in Gary Spillane. We lost three really, really good supporters, uh, two before Christmas. Um the Getty who have quoted on this show before with his brilliant phrase of, you'd know, he would have been James Ryan, Jim Bob's uncle. He passed away before Christmas. And we also lost um, Ned Ryan, the smiler, who would have been a big supporter. He would be a brother of the Jack Ryan, who would have been synonymous with Gary Spillane, GA. And um, Ned would have been, I think he managed the Tracy's to win the London Championship in 84. So loads of legendary stories about him. And just this week on on Saturday, um, James, Jim Bob Ryan, unbelievably lost or buried his father, Shamey. So another player for Gary Spillane. So we just have had three of them. Uh, so a tough time. And, you know, we, we, we got talking, telling stories about you know, all these older characters and the nicknames of the Getty and the Smiler and the stories were always huge. But the Smiler, one that came to mind when we came home, and he'd be always home for the Gary Spillane matches, especially the bigger ones. But um, he moved to London, obviously, a, a long time ago. And he was uh, everybody who moved from our side of the world and over to London would have got in contact. And the smile would have done huge for everybody, anybody who went over. But when he came home, his, or his little kind of phrase was always, when my work here in London is finished, and I'm hoping it won't take me too long, I will take the first flight back to Shannon and feckin' walk it from there to Nacklam. Yep. 
Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's brilliant. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant characters. And as I said, yeah. we were kind of uh, going through all the old characters and the other way that they had nicknames and different stories about them. And it's the same with every club brilliant. and parish yeah. up and down the country. But just, yeah, just, just a particularly sad time and just yeah, yeah. unfortunate for us. And of all your great phrases, TJ, um, too old, too slow, too far comes up a good bit. But um, do you know what? The amount of lads that have said to me over the Christmas period, and I suppose been here in the pub, and that is, and as TJ would say, you'd know. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant phrase. That'd be good to him. And, and, and uh, I'd, I'd have had the look, the Rebel Cup is gone now, but I'd have had the look to be no in charge of the Munster team for the last couple of years. Jim Bob, just my sympathies, I didn't know. Um, to you and your family, uh, just a great character, Jim Bob, as well. Tough guy, great character, as well. Funny guy, and he didn't lick it off the road, obviously. TJ, um, you know, top, top man. So, our sympathies to the Ryan family from the show, um, for sure. It's, it's uh, look am, am I right? Am I right to say that Jim Bob hit Davy Fit the best of us all up the sideline one day? He went way up, he went way up then after that. And <laughs> yeah, well, I know, don't be talking about your cock Kamogi coach now, like that. Uh, I, I see him, I see cock Kamogi were posting a picture from there in the new, in the new year. He looked fierce, well, he was smiling, which actually killed me. I think, know. one of your own, oh, one of your own kid. <laughs> Best to look to Karkamogi in the season ahead, no doubt. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. do well. They'll do well. I always do well anyway, sure, don't they? Uh, and the best to look to the AD with that job there as well. We wish all people good goodwill uh, the new year. And all our listeners, let's we'll have meat on the bone for the next pod now on this racing club. Okay, so we're gonna meet the three of us, not on a Zoom. We'll meet somewhere we'll into the cube offices there and socially distance and have a chat. And um, yes, the bottle of red, maybe a Chinese takeaway and a couple of bottles of red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Great stuff, lads. Um, pleasure as always. And look, any Saturday you want to double like that, like last Saturday, middle of the day, you want to back two horses, just look, give me the shout. I know you know more than I do about the whole thing, but look, Dilo, you started 22 on a high, fair play. He gave us two, Dilo, we're on. We're on a bit of a. We're on a bit of a recovery mission now, right after Christmas. So, I have a mare mm. by the name of Player de Charmel, and she has yes. two foals running: uh, Naliador and PJB. They're running tomorrow. One mm. is in the, the the bumper in Doncaster. One's the second last. And Richard Spencer also trains another horse, Wonderwall, also in Doncaster tomorrow. Just keep an eye out on the three of them tomorrow. Okay. So he's he's giving you three of them, listeners. Um, and uh just talk that you might be flying out yourself uh, in next weekend, is there? The, the back to uh, we, the late lady Lady Jane P will be talking out next weekend, hopefully. She's in to Friday, she's in to Saturday, but the ground is against her. But um if she'll take her chances in Weatherby, I certainly would probably travel like that. Okay. Out in early flight back and back in the evening. He, he likes Lady Jane P. He he liked as a twinkle in his eye always when he mentions Lady no, Jane. No, and and just on another and and another one, the getaway queen. She's back. She's in training. She's getting ready. We'll break for the, we'll break the, the people. And and her dam, her dam is due to fall on the fourteenth of January. She's in Fort de Berkshire. Her mare. We had a little bit of a. Gynecologist 
problem with her the year before last with Tom Mayer there in care. Brilliant vet. Got her involved in Berkshire. So the lights are on now, Dela. We're checking her on the 14th of January is her falling date. So every night we're checking her to see if the old wax coming down because I'd be hoping to show you a picture of a nice cold fall in about a week's time. Fingers yeah. crossed. I'll put it on my Twitter page since you won't join. But maybe in 22, we will persuade you just to, yeah. to put your name on Twitter. I, I probably have to jump the fence, will I? You will, you will, you will, you will. <laughs> great stuff. It's You've great got all the information there, listeners, anyway. Um, and again, look, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. And we look, we see you now on a regular basis. Things are, as we said, going to be coming hot and heavy. Um, we're looking forward to it because the crack is good always here. And... Uh, Landers is after making a load of money for everybody there now on Monday morning uh, for the end of the week. So cheers, boys. Uh, sorry, Larry, about Tip and about Arsenal. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. Come on, There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show. Our mission was to show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster.